For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. and KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County. You are in the home stretch. Here's Jennifer Jones Lee with your Friday morning wake up call. You may be in the home stretch, but the storm has just begun. Hi, welcome to Friday. You ready for the cold, the rain, the wind? The snow, all of it is really expected to get more intense today. So I'm joking about it, but it's true. The storm is moving through. We've got this rare blizzard warning in effect right now. And it's going to stay in effect until 4 tomorrow in the L.A. County Mountains. So we'll get into that in just a second. And a huge story that blew up yesterday. California Attorney General Rob Bonta has opened a civil rights investigation into the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Also, the Anthony Avalos trial. A judge heard the closing arguments in L.A. and will decide the fate of the mom and the former boyfriend who were charged with killing Anthony Avalos. Just a horrible story. And we are marking Ukraine's one-year anniversary of being attacked by Russia And we've got Russian now new sanctions on Russia that were announced. We kind of expected those to come out yesterday when the president was speaking. And the specifics, I guess, of these new sanctions have come out today. So all that's coming up in your wake-up call. So let's get right to it. When it comes to this crazy winter weather, we could see wind gusts in some spots up to 80 miles an hour. The CHP has closed I-5 through the grapevine Because of the heavy snow and the dangerous driving conditions, coastal and valley areas could get between two and five inches of rain by tomorrow, and five to ten inches are possible in the foothills. So we've got flood watches that will be in effect today in L.A. and Orange counties, and we have a mud flow alert for that area, the burn scar near Duarte. The National Weather Service has issued a blizzard warning again for the mountains, the L.A. County mountains. And a big part of that is what I was just telling you about at the Hollywood or at, uh, in the mountains at the Hollywood sign. The cold storm dropped some snow on areas that normally don't see it. What was that white stuff around that white sign? This guy says he had to go see it for himself. My dad texted me. He's on the East Coast, and he was saying, oh, it's snowing in L.A. And I looked it up, and I saw that Hollywood Lake Park had snow, and so I drove right over. The mountain got only a light dusting of snow yesterday, just for a few minutes. But still, it was cool. When's the last time we had snow on the Hollywood sign? Oh, actually, I should look. Now, it could happen again today, with the snow level expected to drop as low as 1,500 feet. Remember, yesterday we were saying 1,000, today maybe 1,500, but we're going to be on uh, the line here in just a second with National Weather Service Warning Coordination Meteorologist. And I need to actually get the definition of that from him. What does that mean versus the other guys who are meteorologists or senior forecasters? 
a weather warning coordination meteorologist. California Attorney General Rob Bonta has opened a civil rights investigation into the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. Bonta says over the last couple of years, he's seen some disturbing data regarding deaths and excessive use of force. Last year, Riverside jails reported their deadliest year in two decades. That's just one data point, and it's unacceptable. There are many other data points upon which this pattern and practice investigation rests. Bonta says he was tipped off about the deaths by a media outlet, though he wouldn't identify the outlet. Riverside County Sheriff Chad Bianco says the investigation is a political stunt. I'm Corbin Carson. He says the investigation is based on false, misleading statements and straight-out lies from activists. Had the Attorney General or anyone else from DOJ reached out with questions or concerns, we could have provided more than enough evidence to prove these allegations false. Bianco claims Bonta's real goal is to appease an anti-law enforcement activist base for their support when he announces his run for governor. He says his office will cooperate and would have cooperated before the investigation. Corbin Carson, KFI News. A judge in L.A. has heard closing arguments and will decide the fate of the mom and former boyfriend charged with killing Anthony Avalos. The judge heard the case against Anthony Barron and Kareem Leva charged with killing Anthony in 2018. Attorney for Leva Dan Chambers says this case is one of extreme abuse. But it does not arise to the level of intent to kill. The attorney for Heather Barron, Anthony's mother, argued Leva committed all the abuse against Anthony. Deputy DA Hatami said Barron was abusing Anthony before meeting Leva. What about the rice torture and the hot sauce and the captain's chair? The month-long trial ended yesterday. Chris Adler, KFI News. I have been looking forward to talking with warning coordination meteorologist Eric Bolt from the National Weather Service. Eric, good morning. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about specifically was your title. When I saw this, I went, whoa, I don't think I've ever seen a warning coordination meteorologist before. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Please explain to us what you do. Yeah, good morning. So, usually I'm not up this early, for starters. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I am one of our managers here, and we, what my job is consisting of is basically making sure that our office is ready to go for these big events like we're having today. And also, uh, I'm kind of the spokesperson for the office. So I, I go out of the office, talk to the media, talk to our city and county partners who are preparing for this uh, big storm we're having this weekend. Well, I definitely recognized your name when I saw it on the on the sheet. But then I saw I thought I've never heard him called warning coordination meteorologist. So in that sense, the fact that you are up this morning and we are getting kind of the the man in charge. This is a big uh, storm. When Have you been with the service since 89? I don't know how long you've been there. But I know for a lot of people, even Handel was talking, you know, about like, I don't remember what it was in 1989. But the fact that we're hearkening back and saying it's been decades since we've seen this kind of weather, this has to be a big deal. So I have not been in the agency since that that time frame. So just after that, though, I've only been here in Southern California since 2005. So that was also a very crazy winter with a lot of uh, heavy rain and mountain snow. But uh, my, my time doesn't go back quite that far. Okay, so when with this storm coming in, and we've got, so the grapevine I know is closed. We've got blizzard warnings up there. Um, we have, I mean, snow, I just did the story. Snow with the Hollywood sign. Tell us what we can expect today. 
So, right, we're in a really transitional day today because the snow levels are going to be rising. So we're already seeing uh, snow levels lift from about 2,000 feet early this morning to 4,000 feet now, uh, especially in the Santa Barbara Ventura areas. And that's going to be spreading over the mountaintops and into uh, other areas today. So we're going to expect a lot of rain, and that's what's already happening now. We're seeing some uh, moderate rain moving across uh, Ventura and uh, also down through the Santa Monica Mountains. We're seeing up to an inch of rain already since midnight. Most of the metro area is only seen about a uh, five hundredths to a tenth of an inch. So it's just getting started. It's really going to ramp up this afternoon and through the evening hours today. All right. So anybody listening to Eric right now, get your butt to work. Work early and get home before the bulk of this storm hits. When it does finally hit, what are some of the rainfall total expectations? Right. So the rainfall totals are just going to keep on coming. Uh, It's going to be a a continuous rain right through the evening hours. Um, We're talking at least two inches in most areas, and then many areas are going to see three, four, maybe even five inches of rainfall uh, before this is kind of winding down on Saturday afternoon and evening. And do we have more rain on the way? Well, the bulk of it's going to come today, and that's going to be the steadier, uh, heavy rain bands. And then we're going to see a low-pressure area move right overhead on Saturday. That's going to generate a lot more showers and maybe a few more thunderstorms across the region with small hail. And that's going to continue right through Saturday evening. And we should talk about the mountains. So the mountains are just going to get clobbered with snow. And we've been talking about this for days. Uh, Many feet of snow expected up there. And the grapevine could be closed for a long time here to go. Yeah, I had a a friend day before yesterday say, hey, you should totally come over, you know, up to Northern California this weekend. And I went, not a chance. I don't think I could go if I wanted to. And specifically now, I guess I can't. Now, when um, the the snow in the mountains specifically, I was looking at places like Wrightwood yesterday, uh, Big Bear, you know, any of these places even that have these ski resorts, I would bet it's even going to be difficult based on, on your forecast for people to get up to these resorts, even if they want to play in the snow. If they're not there already, it's it will be really dangerous to travel up in the mountains today and tomorrow because we do have the blizzard warning. That's a combination of really strong winds. We expect wind gusts of 60 to 80 miles per hour today in the mountains. With that combination with heavy snow, you wouldn't be able to see in front of your car and wow. be easily lost in a, in a whiteout condition. Extremely dangerous and not a good day to be up traveling in the mountains. All right, so after this storm, are, so we expect everything to dissipate by, like, Saturday afternoon or evening, and then yeah. we get a break, and then is there more rain starting next week? I mean, obviously not this type yeah. of storm. Yeah, not this type of storm by any shot, but we will have a break on Sunday. So Sunday is your best day. We can start to see the rain move back in uh, as early as Monday and then pick up again Tuesday and Wednesday. So we are looking at another storm. Not as significant as this one. We call it more of a moderate event. So another maybe inch or so of rain expected next week. Okay, so a moderate event. I assume that means that Eric Bolt gets to sleep in and doesn't have to do wake-up call. We hope so. But we, you never know. We want to be here, and we're gonna. When we need to be here, we're all on on deck. You guys are amazing. I love that we can call you so early and get the accurate forecast because you have a ton of people who are up this early and that are commuting. You know, and they they've got longer drives. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys.
We like to talk and give people good information, so glad to be here. All right, Eric, thank you so much for your time this morning. Stay safe today, and we will be counting on you guys to get us through the next couple of days for sure. All right, you too. Have a good day. Thanks. See you later. That is National Weather Service meteorologist Eric Bolt, who also happens to be the PIO and the Weather Service Warning Coordination meteorologist. You guys, we just had the guy on. You know, we have Andrew Rourke on. Andrew is the guy who writes these forecasts. But then we just had the public information officer, the spokesperson on. I'm telling you, you get what you pay for on Wake Up Call. A pricey little show, and we bring you the best. Ukraine's president says the anniversary of Russia's invasion marks a year of pain, sorrow, faith, and unity. The United Nations and China have also called for Russia to end hostilities and withdraw. More than 140 countries voted yesterday on a resolution in support of Ukraine. Now, the war has killed tens of thousands of people on both sides and has reduced entire cities to ruins. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has urged world leaders to provide more aid to Ukraine. She says the U.S. is preparing to send another $10 billion in economic assistance, which she says is making Ukraine's resistance possible. By supporting the home front, funding critical public services and helping keep the government running. She repeated President Biden's comments that Putin's war has been a strategic failure. And a Ukrainian refugee family staying in Thousand Oaks says they need a place to live. The family of five have been sharing a home with Sherry Phoenix and her husband. This is the Kurta family. Margarita is 14 years old. Seva is eight years old. Adriana is five. And the parents are Julia and Andri. Phoenix says in order to qualify for financial aid, the Kurtas need a permanent home, but it's not that easy. And there doesn't seem to be anybody in an organization who is helping them find a place. Using Google Translate, Julia says they had to leave to survive. We hid for a week and went out of town when rockets were flying exploded near us and we didn't have a bomb shelter and the children were just hiding under the table. I asked her 14-year-old daughter Margarita how it's been for her and her siblings. My parents mostly don't talk about the war to my brother and sister. Here we feel safe and there are many opportunities. Steve Gregory, KFI News. And if you want to help, email Steve, Steve Gregory, common spelling, S-T-E-V-E-E, Gregory, G-E, or, sorry, G-R-E-G-O-R-Y, at iHeartMedia.com. Steve Gregory at iHeartMedia.com. Oh, your heart just breaks for them. Let's say good morning now to Caleb Silver, editor-in-chief of Investopedia.com. Caleb, good morning. And I'm asking you this. You're in New York, but we know about this kind of wild weather that we're having stem to stern in New York where you are. Are you guys having any issues? Oh, we're having a lovely morning here, about 45 and crispy sunshine. Uh, I'm praying for the rest of the country because this sounds like a big one, especially all out in California. We are having a nice day here. We'll see what the weekend brings. Well, I'd love to say, hey, then I'd love to come your way, but apparently it's going to be impossible. I've never read impossible in a forecast before. So anyway, uh, thank you. We need all of the luck and prayers that we can get this morning. And when it comes to inflation, it just makes me laugh because of how counterintuitive it is. The minute that the economy looks like, hey, look at that. Those numbers are awesome. Then all of a sudden that is, you know, accompanied by, hey, the Fed's saying too awesome. And we've got to put the brakes on that a little bit. 
Yeah, it's a rubber band, and it's about supply and demand. We're about to get a number here in about six minutes. The PCE, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, that's the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. It measures what we spend on more broadly and more accurately, and it's still going to be close to 5%, probably about 4.9%, 4.8%. Prices are still high for food, for shelter, for the services part of the economy, so the Fed's got to keep raising interest rates. They did it, as we know, last month. They're probably going to do it at the end of March and maybe again in May, and just those interest rate hikes are scaring people both out of the stock market and out of the housing market. Yeah, this this week, this market has been incredibly volatile. I think it was Monday when or uh, Tuesday, I guess, when I was reading and it just kind of it made me not want to even look at the numbers. I give them at the top of every hour and I went, wow, it just keeps dropping. It was 200, 400, 500. And I think by the end of Monday, it had dropped 700. Yeah, seven hundred. And, and there's a lot of negative sentiment, and it's because I think investors may have gotten, or some investors may have gotten comfortable with the notion that the Fed might be done hiking interest rates, maybe right. after the next meeting. But we got the minutes. That's sort of the diary, the readout of the Fed's last meeting. And most Fed officials are still wanting to be very aggressive against inflation. Their target is two percent. We're still around five percent. That means more rate hikes, which take time to make their way into the economy. So people are worried about a recession now. Do we just go through one? Are we going to go through one? We won't know until we're already in it. Maybe in the middle. Of this year, but you know how it is. It's very personal. You lose your job, you lose your home. Yeah. It's a recession for you. It may not be a technical recession, but I think a lot of folks are feeling it. Caleb, um, some of the analysts that I've been reading, and it's just here or there, talk about maybe this time we couldn't get down to 2%, that maybe there needs to be a new normal where we're somewhere between maybe 3 and 4%. Have you seen that? And how accurate is that if you have seen that? And I mean, is it is it possible that we do see a new normal? I mean, everybody was, you know, thrilled in a way during COVID when we were seeing some of these, you know, uh, borrowing rates at two and three percent for homes and everybody was refinancing and all that. Yeah, I mean, three or four percent sounds great when you're still looking at five percent right now. But three or four percent, if you don't have wage increases and the Fed's trying to cool down wage increases by raising these interest rates, doesn't feel very good. So for sort of sustainable growth where there is pricing power for companies and consumers can still afford to spend, that is closer to two, two and a half percent. The Fed may move that over time. But remember, before all of this, before COVID, it was impossible to even get to two percent. So this is all about supply, demand and an economy that is still out of balance due to COVID, due to the recovery, due to the supply chain issues and weather issues. So you name it, our economy's changed a lot in the last three years. Okay, so in uh, walking toward that 2%, this is sort of a dance that the Fed is going to have to do. And like you were talking about recession, do you just go for it? Do you just get through it to get back down to that number? But in in trying to get there, you know, I don't feel like and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but that the Fed's going to be like, all right, we're going to raise interest rates significantly more than maybe the half or three quarters of, per, of a percent that we have seen. But they've got to, again, it's this fine line. How do they get us to 2% without killing things along the way? Yeah, there's going to be some collateral damage. And the Fed has acknowledged that because you got to choose the lesser of two evils, high inflation or high interest rates and a possible recession. High inflation really hurts folks, especially lower income folks or folks on a fixed income the most. They just don't have the pricing power, especially when you have inflation around the things that we can't avoid, food, shelter, and energy prices. And all of those have remained pretty high. Gasoline has come down, but heating oil, utilities, that's remained very high. So that hurts lower income folks the most. The Fed knows that and would prefer to take the path uh, that's a little less damaging, and that is potentially a recession. 
You know, and that's it. We're watching gas prices across the country go down. But here in California, day after day after day, I'm talking about a, a one cent to two cents. Today, it's up another penny. I think we're at 475 or six this morning. And we're not feeling that. So it almost feels like in California, we're sort of the last of the Mohicans when it comes to some of these, you know, numbers getting better for us. We just keep getting hitting, getting hit harder and harder along the way. Yeah, and you have your own, uh, you know, pricing issues with gasoline in terms of the taxes you pay. Oh, yeah. A lot of state taxes there, and they're not moving very much either. So nope. you don't feel that. And a lot of the layoffs that we've seen in the tech sector and in other sectors have been concentrated in California because that's where a lot of those companies are. So you are feeling it the most. California is a huge economy, the most populous uh, state in the nation. And it's basically as big as any other big country out there in terms of economies. But it has all these weird dynamics, including energy prices and high housing prices that makes it very unaffordable for a lot of people. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. All right, Caleb, enjoy that sunshine and keep your fingers crossed for us. I will. Good luck. All right. Thanks, Caleb. See you later. That's Caleb Silver. He's editor in chief at Investopedia.com in New York. And he's absolutely right when it comes to the tech sector. um, I know that. You know, we were talking about big layoffs at Google and Yahoo, and uh, then we had Meta last year. And then yesterday, I was surprised by the report, but I guess I shouldn't have been, that Meta says, oh, we're going to have to, it looks like we're going to have to lay off some more people. And this is after the report recently, just within the last couple of months, that Meta thought, no, no, we're good. We're fine. That's not the case. And so I just feel like a lot of these tech companies while they're saying, hey, we're going to have to make a layoff here. And we and you think, OK, the layoff is made. A couple thousand people lose their jobs. That's horrific. But that might not be that might just be the beginning, unfortunately. So anyway, I, I like talking to Caleb because he's not afraid to give you the bad news. And I kind of feel like this morning he set us up. Dean Sharp is our KFI house whisperer. As you know, you can follow Dean on social media at home with Dean. Listen to him tomorrow morning, six to eight and Sunday, nine to noon. So, Dean, welcome. And uh, we were going to talk about the wonderful world of sinks. But then quickly this morning, you were like, now let's pivot and talk about this storm. And I was cracking up when I read through the email and things that you wanted to talk about. And I really want to start with house diapers because I've never heard of that before. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. So don't go Googling house diapers, okay? Because you're (laughs) not going to find it that way. Or if it's probably an urban dictionary, a house diaper is probably something very different than what yeah, you meant it for. Yeah, that's not just uh, if you've already tried to Google house diaper, just erase your browser history and then uh, <laughs> stay tuned so I can explain. And I'm sorry if I sound a little froggy this morning, but I'm trying to get over a head cold here. So. I can anyway. hear it. Yes, I, know, I can hear right? it. Come well, on. I, everybody, everybody seems to be getting this. Tyler, Michelle, you. I mean, now it's just a little bit of everybody sprinkled all over the place. Hey, so speaking of sprinkles all over the place, uh, that's my segue into <laughs> you are in Ventura County. What is yes. the weather like up there right now? Uh, it's raining. It's yeah. raining. It's been yeah. raining all night uh, as far as I can tell. So. Yeah, and uh, I think that's going to be, it sounds like we're going to have steady rain all day long. That's actually good news, though, because it's, you know, it gets scarier when the weather is one of those fast-moving storms where it's just going to hit and sit in an area for a while and pound rain down on some of these burn scars. 
Yeah, and so, you know, our approach to this uh, for our show over the weekend, by the way, uh, we're probably going to press ahead. I still want to talk to everybody about sinks because, the you know, by and large, most Southern Californians are not getting snowed in with a blizzard, okay? Right, right. Uh, but we're going to be here. Uh, we'll be doing uh, some safety tips all weekend long. Also, any call that comes into the show this weekend that is related to the storm or an emergency with your house or heating or anything like that, you will get fast-passed right to the front of the queue. So uh, we're, we're going to be on top of it as we always are here at KFI. And I'm also going to try in between it all uh, to talk to you about, uh, you know, the sinks in your house. So we'll just see how it all uh, rolls out. But for us this morning, what I wanted to go through really quickly, since the storm is here now and it's starting, are some of the things that people uh, could and should do right now. You know, it's too late. It's too late to go fix the leak on the roof. It is. Don't get up <laughs> on your roof. But uh, just some tips uh, in case uh, things are starting to go wrong. And when it comes to flooding, if you've experienced some trouble with your yard drains before and potential, I don't mean flash floods coming down the canyon. If that's the case, get out. But um, we're talking about, you know, flooding in your own yard because of drainage problems. Uh, then this morning, before things get crazy, it would behoove you to get on down to like a big box store, like a Home Depot or your local hardware store, and uh, pick up this product, Quick Dam. Okay, not okay. a sponsor here on KFI. Quick Dam sandbags, and I I use the term sandbags uh, in quotes because that's what they end up doing. They end up working like a sandbag. However. I'm not talking about lugging around 50-pound bags of sand at this point in the progress of the storm. The cool thing about these quick dams is that you'll walk out of the store with 20 of them under your arm because they will weigh all of one pound when you leave the store. Oh. They are uh, these bags, that, and they come in various shapes and sizes and lengths depending on whatever you, the, the, the sandbagging needs that you have. They are essentially filled with, well, the same kind of crystals that come in uh, children's diaper technology, that same kind of thing. So just like a big box of diapers, they're super lightweight, but they can absorb a tremendous amount of water. And so what happens is you just, without breaking your back, you can lay one of these across the door threshold of the house where you're concerned about water getting in. Just lay it there. As the rain starts to hit, the very first thing they'll do is start to swell up and absorb that water. And then once they've absorbed all the water that they can, now they're big and heavy like a sandbag. And that is why trying to explain that to people, the best way to uh, to tell them, hey, you can go to the store and carry a bunch of these homes with you uh, is to describe them as, quote unquote, house diapers this, uh, because it's yeah. the same technology. This absolutely makes sense. And I'm I'm seeing them right now. They can they come in in various lengths. So they're they're black, I think for the most part it looks like. And yeah. uh they come like some of these are 17 feet. That's going to cover an enormous area and like you said, that's going to absorb a ton that would be like like a 17 footer like this. That's going to take up your whole front as your, you know, your door threshold. Yeah, well, uh, specifically, the 17-footer is not just randomly 17 feet in length. Most people's garage doors are 16 feet wide. Ah. So the 17-footer is one continuous sandbag that you can stretch across the entire front of your garage door. 
uh, because a lot of folks have uh, have garages that are sunken down from the street. Yes. Sometimes the drain yeah. right in front of the garage door fails. So you can get a couple of these and stack them up right in front of your garage door. So again, they are They've been very well designed, very well thought out, lots of different lengths and sizes to accommodate the various features of your house to help keep the water on the outside. All right. And I'm uh, in a, a uh, Home Depot cart just because I wanted to see how much these are. So for people wondering how much they're not, I mean, they're not super inexpensive, but they're not expensive. So the 17 footer is $30.95. And it looks like the quick dam 10 foot flood barrier pack is $25. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they're not as cheap as just buying sand and a right. sandbag. But again, you're not carrying home several hundred pounds of sandbags with you. This is something that you can deploy. I mean, no matter what your physical condition is, uh, somebody in your household can deploy these very quickly and they ultimately will work as well, if not better than a traditional sandbag. I love this. I, I actually want to get <laughs> I have a couple of trees in the backyard where they, they're dug down and they fill up like you know, it looks like a little puddle out there. And Betty White, the dog, loves to go in, and swim in the mud, in the mud puddles out there. I feel like maybe I should put these around the trees right now until I figure out what I'm doing in the backyard. These would be brilliant, even for something like that. Yeah, it's not at all a bad idea. All right, so some of the other tips that you have for staying safe and warm through the storm. My favorite one is number one, don't be stupid. Yeah, you know, I don't, you know... <sighs> You know that at, by the end of this weekend, we're going to be doing news reports on somebody who has drowned and somebody who has been, uh, you know, snowed in and frozen in their car. It's just inevitable. So yeah. if there was one thing that I could tell everybody right now, number one tip, don't be stupid. Don't drive <laughs> to the mountains right now. OK, oh. this blizzard that everybody is talking about is really happening at elevations of 3000 feet and up. Yeah. Don't drive to the mountains if you don't have to. Don't drive in heavy rain or wind if you don't have to. Uh, don't even drive in light snow. If we get novelty snow, that's what I call it down here in, in the uh, in southern in L.A., you know, novelty snow. It means, oh, my gosh, there's snow outside. It's going to last all of an hour. But uh, once it's on the street, the streets are slippery and they get icy again. Don't drive in it if you don't have to. And don't go out into a blizzard. Amen, Dean Sharp. I need you to write the, uh, I think it was the LA Times that did this big piece similar to what you're talking about right now. And I thought, I think it's just, it's incredible that we have to put out these these types of PSA announcements just to tell people, please, you you have common sense, please use it. Oh, I know yeah. Can I add this one too? I realized I didn't add this on the list late last night. And that is stay away from the LA River. Oh my gosh, yes. And I the mean, LA River, just so everybody knows, you know, it is our flood control, uh, you know, drain main drainage river. And people get so fascinated with it because it's dry most of the year that now there's water running through it. And they think, oh, look, let's go down and check it out. There is enough water running in the LA River during even a moderate rainstorm that lasts a day or two. There's enough water moving down those channels to supply water to the city of Los Angeles for entire year. Okay, it's no joke right. how much water is in the river. Stay away. One thing, too, that I thought was interesting on your list was the position of a space heater, if that's what you're using to stay warm. Absolutely. Most space heaters. Now, some of them are like oil-filled radiant-type uh, heaters. like a, They look like a radiator. That's fine. Uh, they're all great. But if you have 
a typical space heater that heats up really quickly. You see it glowing orange, okay? That is a space heater that is throwing off primarily infrared radiation. And that's great. These are the most effective heaters around. But you need to understand a space heater like that, the infrared that's coming off of it, just like an infrared sauna, it does its best job heating up you. Infrared radiation penetrates through our skin and warms us almost from the inside out. It doesn't do that great of a job heating the air in the room, okay? Right. So if you've got a space heater, turn it on, but keep it in front of you to stay warm uh, and point it at you. I, you know, Most of the time when people go to a restaurant and they eat outside on the patio and they're like, hey, could you turn on these heaters? I'm not talking about the big flame ones. I'm talking about the ones that are overhead in the patio. Yeah. Think about it. Those heaters are not warming up the outside air. They're not warming up the, you know, they are radiating down and they're warming you. So if you've got a space heater, by all means, use it to supplement the heat in the house. But keep it nearby, point it at you. You're going to be your warmest. Love me some you and all of your information, Dean. And you'll be doing more of it 6 to 8 tomorrow and 9 to noon on Sat on Sunday, including slipping in some wonderful world of sinks. We Dean, got you're covered. awesome. Thanks, all right. Ken. Be safe. See you later. We are going to get you through this crazy storm that is happening. The bulk of it is going to start later this afternoon, the heaviest of it. But already we've got cold rain, wind and snow expected all day today through tomorrow. We've got a blizzard warning that's in the L.A. County Mountains. That one started at four this morning, as did now the National Weather Service in San Diego issuing the first ever blizzard warning for the San Bernardino Mountains. And you're going to see some snow. Might not stick for very long, but in some crazy places that you're probably not expecting it. And all the people who <laughs> took pictures and posted them last night of the Hollywood sign. Yeah, it was pretty cool, Jason Nathanson, to see snow on the Hollywood sign. Good morning to you. I remember it snowed once when I was a kid in L.A., and that's the only other time. And it didn't stick, but we came out for recess yeah. and in, in, the, uh, in the Hollywood Hills, and it was... Uh, there was like a light dusting, and it was the craziest thing ever. And that was the uh, only other time. It's so cool, though. And I'm glad that there was a story yesterday about a six-year-old who had never seen snow. And I thought, I never even thought about that. They're probably kids who are young enough now. This is their first real big storm. And that's pretty cool. Jason, good morning. Um, good morning. So we're all joking about Cocaine Bear this morning. Sure. Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, the, the the trailer is fantastic, and I think a lot of people saw the trailer when it when it first came out. Yeah, we're really excited by this kind of mix of comedy and horror and uh, rampaging bear who was just all coked up um, and loosely, very loosely based on a true story. What really happened was in Tennessee in 1985, a drug plane was flying over. That plane went down, but before it went down. They uh, kicked off some of their cargo into the woods. A bear got into it and ate it and died. That's the real story. This movie imagines what would happen if the bear actually kind of got addicted to the coke and went on a rampage um, and just started snorting everything and, and eating everyone in sight. Um, it's directed by Elizabeth Banks. It stars Carrie Russell, O'Shea Jackson Jr., one of Ray Liotta's last movies as well. And I, I like the trailer. The movie for me did not deliver on what I was expecting or hoping for oh. from the trailer. Um, 
you know, I wanted this to be a movie where everybody in the theater was just laughing till they were crying and screaming at the at the screen and you know just going nuts. I did not have that experience. Um, for me, it was more gory than it was funny. But talking to a lot of other people that I know who had seen it over the last week or so, they got out of it what they wanted to. So, oh. so it, it maybe it's just me. Maybe I have a cold, dead heart, which is very possible. Um, but and looking at the audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes since it came out last night, uh, that's in the 80s. So audiences are, are, are digging it as well. It didn't work for me, but that doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. It feels very Sharknado-y. That's what, so I talked to Elizabeth Banks, and she talked about how she was worried that, you know, yes, she wanted to do this absolutely, but there was a concern there that if, if she got it wrong, that it would end her directing career. Like, this would be the end of it, in a Sharknado-type way, or like a Snakes on the Plane-type yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But she's going more for like a Sam Raimi Evil Dead vibe mixed with, she said, Jurassic Park, which was not something that I had thought of. Hmm. Um, But basically, you know, you're kind of in awe of the creature and then you realize, oh, no, this is a very dangerous animal run. Uh, And that's kind of uh, a little bit of what she was trying to infuse into the film. Um, Again, for me, it didn't work, but that doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. And maybe just because, I mean, come on, it's Carrie Russell. I'll pretty much go see anything she's in. Sure. And then the whole Ray Liotta, you know, heart thing is going to go out for that. So, I, you know, good luck to it. It looks like it looks like at least just like leave your brain at the door. Go have fun. It definitely, it definitely is that. And I think you definitely can do that. I think anybody can do that. Um, you know, I was hoping for something that would be an instant cult classic. Oh, and, got and it. it. It's hard to go into something with those expectations because um, ultimately, like, it, it either does it absolutely 100% or it disappoints you. Like, there's no, there's no real middle ground there. So, uh, unfortunately, that was my experience. All right. And speaking of disappointing, I was trying to read, uh, you know, any things that I could last night and uh, on The Reluctant Traveler. And there was one, I think, that probably hit it on the head. Eugene Levy is amazing. This movie is not. Uh, okay, so it's a series on Apple TV+. Or series, Plus. sorry. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's, a, it's a travel series um, where Eugene Levy goes around traveling to fantastic locations like Venice. He goes on safari, uh, amazing places. Thing is, he hates traveling. That's the twist here in, in, in the series. So, like, you have Phil Rosenthal who does every Somebody Feed Phil, and everything he does, his eyes are wide open, and he's loving every second of it. Eugene Levy is the complete opposite of that. And for me, the issue here is here you have a guy who has the privilege to and time and money and opportunity to go do the thing that most people want to do, and he's there doing it and just kind of hating it. Yes, he gets won over by some by some of the places, uh, but for me, it's just it's a little bit uncomfortable. The jokes are, are one note, and I I just didn't warm to the series. All right, it does it leave though just because it is Eugene Levy? Do you still watch it? Watch it and enjoy it because of him or no? Well, you, yeah, there like- there 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 definitely is some comedy there, and, and you know I love him, and it's beautifully shot like all travel series are. Um, but just the premise of him watching him go to these places that, like, I'm dying to go on safari. I may never go on safari in my life. And he he does have a little bit of a transformative experience, but I talked to him about it afterwards, and he said he still hates travel. So, you know, <laughs> the series did not win him over as you would hope to expect. All right. Jason, thank you so much. I know you'll be watching the SAG Awards this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. See you later.
I guess I can see how, yeah, if there's a guy who gets to go do this stuff and he doesn't appreciate it, and all of us little people down here would die to go on some of these trips with him. Eugene Levy, come on now, warm up. At least, at least let us little people live vicariously through you happily.